this is Osatru Academics here. Osatru is the belief in the Norse gods. It's the native Norse religion. Think Vikings, Thor, Odin, etc. The etc is what I talk about. Before I get started into this episode, I want to explain why I focus heavily on history and why you as a heathen or pagan should too. It may or may not be obvious, so I want to make sure it's clear and explained. This is coming from someone who absolutely hated history growing up, and I found it the most boring subject ever to be forced on people. So why should you care about history if you're a heathen and heathens are focused on their own deeds? Not knowing history takes the present out of context. Think about that. You wouldn't do that with any show or movie you would watch or any book you would read. You wouldn't look at a random section and claim to know what's going on. History gives the present context. Just like how science explains the what, when, how, and why of an animal's actions, history does that with society. We are a product of our ancestors' deeds and their interactions with others' ancestors. History explains the what, when, why, and how of the human world in the present. Knowing history is knowing tons of whys to the current world. You wouldn't walk into a meeting not knowing why everyone else is there unless you're a moron. The have them all even warns against that in detail for the morons out there. Knowing related history is important to seeing the course of the future. You have a fair amount of visibility into the present, but without history, you're only making guesses about the future. History gives you a broader picture of the present and it lets you anticipate and even attempt to alter the future. Repeated themes and patterns have been shown in history. Take advantage that you live in a time with tons of these patterns and paths recorded for you. You have generations of human behavior to study so that you can interact in a world overrun with humans. Why should you care about some Christian history if you're a heathen? They almost successfully eradicated heathenry and would still love to see it dissolve away. They created the most successful empire in history. History has several massive empires rise and fall, but Christianity did it on a global scale only dreamed about for those empires. It crossed borders, oceans, and infiltrated palaces. It was a religious pandemic. There were more Christians than any other religion. We live on a Christian planet. You have to know some about what's going on around you. Christianity and heathenism are at odds with each other, and since we are the tiny minority, it would do you well to know about them. I'm certainly not saying or suggesting all Christians are your enemy. Many of your own ancestors are Christian or dear friends with some. I'm saying the ideologies of Christianity are against heathenry on fundamental levels. It's the same with all polytheist and atheist beliefs. Christianity says you're either joining us or you're going to be punished when you die. They say that they are the only one true religion and belief. Because they are the dominant religion, it's important to know their relevant history. Their history overlaps Norse history greatly, unfortunately. For instance, to understand why Vikings attacked Lindisfarne, you have to learn about the monastery itself and its history. Then you understand the whole picture of the Vikings who righteously attacked. Another reason to learn Christian history is to protect yourself from any remnants of Christianity in your heathen beliefs. How can you do that if you don't know anything about Christianity? You don't know how much subconsciously you took in without knowing what they have done and what they believe. You grew up in a time where Christianity was the dominant religion, who also specialized in brainwashing and propaganda. 
original heathens did not. In order to best recreate a belief system before Christianity tried to eradicate it, you have to see what elements they tried to interject into remaining heathens. You have to pick apart your own beliefs to remove residual Christianization. So let's get into white supremacy and heathenry. Race supremacy is not a heathen concept. The gods are of different races and mixed races. Odin is a primordial giant. Loki is a frost giant. But they were blood brothers by choice. Frey and Freya are Vanir, almost elfish. Think of Legolas from Lord of the Rings. Frey married a big old giant he was stalking like a creeper and nobody cared. I think people would have been up in arms if Orlando Bloom married a giantist. We've found not just burial sites of Norwegian men with their Irish wives, which were different tribes, but we found Viking men with their Italian, Portuguese, and Arabic wives. We've found Vikings settled down in Armenia, Arabia, and North Africa and made families there. We've found Native American DNA markers in Iceland as the result of Vikings in Newfoundland. More directly, Persian explorer and geographer Ahmed Abin Rustah noted that Rus, who were former Viking, had, quote, the most friendly attitude towards foreigners and strangers who seek refuge. That doesn't sound very racist. So why does heathenry have some heavy white supremacy groups? That's why this is a two-parter, because it's a very big topic that needs to be discussed a lot. <sighs> In the early 19th century, German nationalism grew more focused into the Volkisch movement. The uniting idea was of a national rebirth inspired by the traditions of the ancient Germans. This rebirth would be through Germanizing Christianity and reviving pre-Christian Germanic paganism. The movement rewrote history and folklore with white supremacy narratives first. Each decade that followed, the academic papers and books that were released would advocate for not just white supremacy, but eventually that Germans should be at the top of that bloody pyramid. That's also why book burning was important to Nazis. Books and academic articles were how the movement persuaded the majority of a nation to radicalize. These people believed that Germans inherited mystical properties from their Viking ancestors through genes and were thus not just better than all other races, but were the most supreme of all whites. While Vikings did settle down in Germany, it wasn't exclusive to Germany. It wasn't even a high concentration compared to other European countries like Denmark. When you think of a country with Vikings, you think of Iceland, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, not so much Germany. So where did that come from? The idea that Germans were Viking descendants came from the skewing of the Latin word Germania. The Romans called a chunk of Europe Germania. In 98 current era, this area was named Germania, which means land of the Germani people. Germani with an I, not a Y like the modern country. Germania does not refer to the modern country of Germany. Germania included modern-day Germany, the Netherlands, Poland, Belgium, Switzerland, and France. Yeah, notice something about those countries in relation to Germany? A bell should go off if you didn't slack through world history like I did. Germany wasn't on a world domination quest like a game of risk. They started purposely invading the countries with those wars. They viewed Germania as their holy homeland. It was basically their Mecca. It was some birthright despite not being Germania for over a thousand years. That's why in the Second World War, 
Germany obsessively conquered those specific areas and sought to eradicate any non-Germans from what they believed to be their homeland. The Third Reich acted on the racist nationalist teachings of nearly a hundred years of propaganda. They created the Nazi SS and SA. They attempted to do an ethnic cleansing in the name of their ancient Germanic heritage. Despite the defeat of the Axis powers after the Second World War, these ideas weren't defeated. Bad ideas are harder to get rid of than an old mattress. There was a resurgence in pagan groups of these ideas in the years that followed. They spread to different continents like supremacy-based religions typically do. They grew in strength and followers. They spread like gangrene. They started using intimidation and violence to attempt to create this Fourth Reich. They started rewriting history and writing convincing books again. That's exactly what caused the horrific racist wars in the first place. This cancer sadly hasn't gone away. Paganism and Osetru in particular are plagued with these radicals claiming association. Some radical groups pair white toxic masculinity with racism for an added sick twist. They use ancient Germanic symbols for new unhistorical meanings in true Nazi fashion. They claim to worship Odin by namesake only and practice pseudo-Germanic customs. But their deeds clearly aren't on behalf of the gods since they go against many lessons and direct statements from the lore. They don't follow the principles of the Norse people, but rather glorify violence and intimidation of the Vikings. They ignore that most ancient Norse people were farmers, not pirates, including the Germani people. These sacrilegious people are focused on becoming dominant and forcing their ideas rather than having productive lives and families like the heathens did. They take pride that they were selected at random to be white and one fortieth Norwegian. They use that to look down on others not as pure as their magical blood. They believe their genetics to make them already better humans than others. Building true self-esteem takes hard work since it's developed by accomplishing things you're proud of. Doing hard things is hard. It's easier to just say you were already born great than to work to become great. And that's lazy and disgusting. It's one of the most unheathen things you can do. It's purely against heathenry. Do great things with your lifespan. Don't claim the accomplishments of others. Get off your butt and be productive. Be heathen, not lazy. Something I also wanted to talk about was how there are two main factions of heathenry slash osetru. There's folkish and there's universalism. Universalism says worship whatever God calls out to you. If it's the Norse gods, then do it. It started with the Norse people in ancient times. They focus on their own lives rather than to try to control others. They let whomever wants to honor the gods, honor away. They believe that it isn't bad for the gods to have more honor and allies. I mean, how could that be bad? They didn't believe they owned the gods or had exclusive rights to them. They believed that the gods were the best qualified to judge if they will listen and who they'll listen to. It makes sense since the gods won't listen to who they don't want to. They won't help if they don't want to. In ancient Europe, different areas had different main gods. For Germania, it was Woden. For Sweden, it was Frey. Each household could have their own god or goddess they worshipped too. It was a personal choice if you even wanted to worship any at all. No one enforced what gods couldn't be worshipped based on an area or tribe or race. They didn't even do that when Christianity came, which kind of backfired, but that's not really their fault. Religious freedom is a primal human right, and they respected it. 
On the flip side, folkish heathenry, as we just talked about, started in the early 19th century. Folkish heathens say that only white people of European descent should worship European gods. They think that others should worship the gods of their ancestry or they dishonor their families. They sometimes feel the need to gatekeep the gods as well, as if the gods needed their help to stop those who, quote, aren't allowed to worship them. The gods will listen to who they want to listen. They don't need help from a mortal human to protect them from listening to the, quote, wrong type of person. Folkish heathens run into a bunch of logical issues. Is the right to worship tied to a birthplace? If you're born in America, should you worship the gods of the Native Americans or your ancestors? If your grandkids are born in America, who should they worship? If you believe the gods are living beings who can travel between nine realms, why are they trapped in the borders of a country? If you personally live outside of Europe, why do you worship the gods from long distance then? If the right to worship is tied to family, what if a good portion of your ancestors worship the Hebrew god? What if your ancestors were Christian for the past 800 years? The pre-Christian era in Europe ended over a thousand years ago. Why is their Christian blood less relevant than perceived pagan blood? Who gave you the right to choose which ancestor is worth more in your blood? Why does your family get to pick your gods for you at all? If the right to worship is tied to DNA somehow, how did everybody pick the right religion before DNA tests? If you are part Swedish and German, which god is your chief god? What if somebody was adopted in your ancestry? Why hasn't religion been mapped out in the human genome? Where exactly does the birthright to the gods start and end? If humans became a species in Africa, shouldn't we all be worshipping African gods then? Why did you pick a thousand years ago to start cutting it off? What are you founding that on? Why not 20 years ago? Why not 5,000? Why not 1 million? Historical heathenry teaches that each man controls his own life. Not his death, but the actions in his life are his. Each person has a good amount of freedom. You can be devout to any god or not. The sagas have pagans who are not focused on the gods. The main issue that focus folks have with non-Europeans worshipping the Norse gods is that they feel like it makes them less their gods. But you don't own the gods. Nobody does. It doesn't make the gods any less special to have more people worshipping them. It really doesn't. The more the merrier. Nowhere is it listed what ancestry is allowed or not allowed to worship them. It doesn't say what percentage you need to be able to worship them. Some focused heathens are concerned that people might recruit others in mass if they're available to everyone like Christianity did. The irony is that by saying only those of certain descent can worship the gods from those areas, they're being very biblical. The Jewish people of the Bible taught the very same thing about their Jewish god. The gods aren't your girlfriend. Hate to break it to you, but not only are you the jealous type, but there's a bunch of people who are talking to, quote, your gods each day. They have a global network of people DMing them. I might even just do it later just because. Folkish heathenry has its roots in a toxic nationalist movement less than 300 years old that ended up culminating into Nazis. It's illogical, unhistorical, and unfounded. Universalism has its roots in pre-Christian times. It has historical backing, and it makes sense. If you follow the logical end goal of both sides, one has genocide and one has inclusion. Pretty different outcomes. To wrap it up, 
Osotru and paganism have had a long, long growing issue with racism and neo-Nazis in the community that's still reflected in modern books on the subject today. And it's also why I left a position leading a prominent study group in the community four years ago. Osotru isn't racist. Heathenry isn't racist. The gods aren't racist. Interjecting your own racist views into them doesn't make them valid. Also, I know that some of you like personal stories, so I figured I would include one. And if you don't want to listen to personal story, that's totally fine. Then don't. Bonus personal story time. Recently, I had to go to the store. Yeah, I was ready to head out when a friend said I needed to look at this new story. For one, I don't need to read to survive. It isn't food, shelter, or water. It's not a need, and I won't die without reading some new story online. So I was already a little irritated at that. And I try to avoid consuming news articles because it's just a reality show we're stuck in and it uses anxiety for monetary value. Partisanship and channels aside, American news isn't a service. It's a business that sells your attention to ad companies. So the more captivating, horrible, terrifying threat, the better. Embellishments or worse are permitted so it's filtered reality. It's not a source of information. So I was already not excited that I was going to be looking at some news article right as I'm heading out the door that 99% of the time has nothing to do with my daily life. And then it got worse from there. It actually did have to do with my daily life. It was a prominent news company plastering the Nazi Othala room on an SS uniform everywhere. It made no distinction between the Nazi symbol of racism and the historical rune. I was most displeased, to put it nicely, for two reasons. One, I hate that type of surface reporting. And number two, I wear a pair of Othala earrings every single day. So yeah, that's a problem. It's usually been a safe room to wear. I haven't had too many neo-Nazi guys come up to me and start talking about it when I'm just trying to get my groceries. While it was taken and modified by the Nazi fanatics who had a slightly different look and completely different meaning, it isn't really known outside of history buffs. So it's been pretty safe to wear. But thankfully, the news outlets fixed that great thing for us all. Yay. I saw that plenty of other news outlets had the same type of story about the Othala rune being super Nazi and racist. They were introducing the general population to this ancient symbol as one only of white supremacy. So before I left to the store, ugh, I had to find some other earrings to just put in besides my Othalas. They had to be retired after a long, long time of wear since I prefer not to be confused for a neo-Nazi by fanatics or anyone else. And please don't sit there and say, who cares if somebody thinks you're a neo-Nazi? Let them think whatever. It's your life. We live in a big society. I've had my fill of random bigots coming up to me and tell me how happy they are to see a white sister wearing Thor's hammer who hasn't been diluted by culture mixing. Yuck. Nasty. I don't want to look like something I'm not. It attracts encounters that I am not interested in when I'm just trying to get errands done quickly. I'm trying to buy crap paper, Bob, not listen to your crap. If the only people representing publicly the Norse religion and its symbols are white supremacists or neo-Nazis, our symbols are going to be defined as such. They will be outlawed or banned, much like they almost were in Europe a few years ago. Just a few years ago. Your kids won't be able to practice openly. Your grandkids can't get books, decorations, or jewelry anymore with the illegal symbols. I don't want that for my kids or if I have grandkids. If you want to preserve their religion and culture, 
you will defend it from misrepresentation with the same level of conviction the other side does to appropriate it. To say who cares if somebody thinks wrong, you need to honestly look at the history of our symbols. When they were outlawed, some were totally lost in time. Some never had the chance to be reclaimed, like the tetraskelion. The fact that you aren't as familiar with the term tetraskelion versus swastika attests to that. You can't be neutral when someone is stealing your stuff. And I am very not neutral when it comes to this. That wraps up the first part of this two-parter in the history of white supremacy and heathenry. Next is bound to upset and offend even more people. I'm going to be disappointed if it doesn't. I talk about white supremacy overlapping the Norse people prior to 300 years ago. It's the history of the history. Till next time.